Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of Lesbians Who Write. This week we're talking about erotica versus romance. What's the difference and what should you write? Joining me, your host Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the romantic yet erotic T.B. Markinson. Hello T.B., how are you today? Well, you might be the first person who's ever said erotic, like, you know, looking me in the eye. I know! I was absolutely looking you dead in the eye then, wouldn't I? (laughs) It was a little intimidating, I'm not going to lie. I think I just went up in flames, my face is bright red. Okay, I'm going to try and uh, recover from that. I'm doing all right. Besides the fact that um, that was weird, very weird. <laughs> All right, how are things over there? I heard I heard it's been quite chilly. It has been a bit nippy noodly as we we had a little discussion on Twitter the other day how the weather was a bit a little bit nipply. Luckily, it's turned now, but we had frozen well, what is it? Ice, frozen water. We had <laughs> ice. <laughs> we had <laughs> snow on the on our rooftop for like five six days, which is unheard of in London. And the water in our gutter was frozen ice with snow in it for that long as well. So, yeah, it was like every day came to the window, like, it's still fucking frozen. What's going on, man? That is such a London way to... We had frozen water. What's that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't really freeze much there. It really, do, it really doesn't. You know, there was actually water uh, coming out of a pipe on the street I live on, and it was frozen. Like, I've never seen that before, whereas you've had 20 foot of snow, so, you, I mean, you're used to it. 20 feet that's a lot of snow maybe 20 inches but feet that'd be two stories you know i'm a storyteller tv no it's truthful ones obviously yeah i can't trust the word you fucking say <laughs> all right let's go on so what have i been up to it's been a busy time over here uh this recording is going out on i believe february 22nd if i got their date right um uh, but it's launch day of my co-write with miranda mcleod uh the love project um, we'll be launching on Monday. So, yeah, this book was a lot of fun to write, um, and I think it shines through in the writing. We, we just we had a ball writing this story. It's just very funny. It's about a woman who really struggles in the dating world, and she signs up to do a web series, which is called The Love Project. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It was, like, my first, like, experience of, like, dipping my toes in the writing, like, what the reality world would be like. The reality world? Reality TV show world. Oh, okay. Right. The reality TV show world. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun with that one. So I'm also in another battle with ACX. Yeah, what is a week without a battle with ACX? They finally released the setup, which is the um, London novella I published last year, and um, Ella Lynch uh, narrated it. And when they released it, I didn't know they released it because they didn't. Because usually when they release a book, they send you that congratulatory like email: your book is now live. Blah 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 blah. Well, I never got that email. You know, listeners started telling me, like, hey, did you know your book's out? And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I did not know my book was out. And then I was running a giveaway, and the people were like, well, do we get audio codes? Like, how's the giveaway going? I'm like, I haven't received anything. And on my dashboard, it said it was still heading the retail, even though I could clearly see it on Audible and Amazon. So that was different. But then um, I noticed that uh, when they... You know, sometimes they change the blurb or instead of, like, where it says read it today, listen to it today. I mean, do you, do you, have you ever noticed that they change that part if you have read it today? I haven't, no. 
So when, when it was changed, and I don't know if I did it because sometimes I do remember to do that or if they did it. I don't know who's responsible for it, but it says listen to it, it today. So I needed to remove an it. One, two word, two uh, letter word. Yeah. And that has caused me nothing but problems because like in the beginning when you had to deal with ACX, if you had to change the cover or if you had to change the blurb or something like that, you had to email them and they had to do it on their side because the files are much more complicated because they're audio files and they're a lot larger and everything. But now they're saying that we as authors can do it. So I went in and I changed it, but then I had to notify my producer to actually push it through. So as an author, I can go in and open it up and change it, but I can't push it back through. And then so she pushed it back through, and then it said it was back in quality control. And I was like, oh, wait, what does this mean? Because, like, this is how you guys told me how to do it. Does that mean it's not for sale? Because, like, when you upload, when you re-upload on KDP, which we do rather frequently, it will say live, but mm-hmm. reviews. Mm-hmm. This one just says it goes back to quality control, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, we all know that ACX quality control can take months. So I emailed them and they're like, oh no, it's just like every time you change a file, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm used to that with KDP, but maybe you guys can, t- can change the verbiage a bit on the website so we all don't freak out. But um, So I honestly don't know what's going on with the setup. It still might be available for sale and it still might not. I don't know. I love ACX. ACX is a finely tuned machine. They've really thought through all the problems and they've, they've just addressed every issue. We all have sarcasm. And also... Just because I don't have enough on my plate with, you know, getting the Love Project ready to publish, battling with ACX, I am in the process of um, organizing the next mega sale on iHeartLesfic. So there's a page on iHeartLesfic for uh, lesbian fiction authors um, that will give you all the details about the sale, of when it's going to happen, when you need to email me, um, your information and everything. So I will include a link to that uh, mega sale invite page in the show notes. That's all that's going on over here. What about you? Um, yeah, well, over here, uh, talking of ACX, I am, do you know, I am actually thinking of going direct to Find Away Voices uh, and just leaving, bypassing ACX because I don't want to deal with them. So I might try that with one of my books because I've just commissioned uh, two audiobooks this month. So um, I've commissioned Hot London Nights, which is my new, uh, the new one that I just brought out at the end of January. And so that's going into production in March. So that'll be out sort of in the summer, early summer, hopefully, um, depending on ACX. <laughs> and then I've just also commissioned The Long Weekend from my back catalogue. And I'm d- going to deal direct with the narrator for both of these. So there, I don't go, I don't do it through ACX. So basically what I normally do is upload it to ACX and then to find a way voices for my wide distribution. But I'm thinking I might go via Find A Way Voices for, for Audible as well and see what happens. Does that mean Find A Way Voices would have to deal with all the hassles with ACX? Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, it's getting to the point now where, like, I mean, we're at the stage in the publishing ecosystem where I, when you release an ebook, you automatically have to bring out the paper book with it, the paperback. If you don't release it at the same time, you want to get it out ideally within the first, like, couple weeks. And now we are starting to commission audio almost right away as well. But it's it's getting to the point now when I release the book, I'm like, oh, no, now I have to deal with the ACX hassle. So I can't blame you for wanting to do that. Um, yeah, it, it might be worth a, worth a try because, you know, basically I'll lose maybe 10% uh, or, or I don't know how, how much of the thing, like 10% of, their, of what they get. So it's not that much to lose for, for a lack of hassle. So I might try it with The Long Weekend and see what happens. 
but I will keep you updated. I mean, it's a while to go yet. They've only just been yeah. um, commissioned, but I'm pleased that I've done that. Uh, but other than that, over here, yeah, as I said, it's been snowy, snowy. There has been there's been frozen water everywhere, TB, and the uh, the streets have been ice rinks, and uh, I've been in my house because I'm no good at, as an ice skater on skates or just in my shoes. Uh, but I have been um, working on London Eight, Big London Dreams. Now, I think last time we spoke, I still didn't quite have an outline because <laughs> I've outlined it and then I threw away the outline, and I think I might have kind of outlined it, and then I did what I normally do, right? So I started writing it uh, before I completed the outline. So I wrote about 10,000 words and God, I really tried not to do this, but I just did it again. So I did wrote 10,000 words and then I did the outline. And then I started to try and cajole those 10,000 words into the outline. But some of them will, will come along, some of them will be left, but none of them are lost because it's all like, it's all just getting out, you know, stuff for the, about the characters and about the story. So. Clearly this is just my process. No matter if I try and get the outline done, I don't do the outline until I've written about 10,000 words. I wonder if there's like a different term for you because like it's uh, you're 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 mixing pantsing and plotting, but you do it in such a fashion where you do it in stages because I think didn't you pants the first 10k before you outlined it? Oh no, we you just started a, a story you didn't even know mm. what story it was. Yeah. And then and then you start outlining this mm. and then you pants 10k. Mhm. It's 10K too. You seem to hit that number and then you're like, oh, wait, what the fuck am I doing? Exactly. No, it's, it's, in fact, that is the exact thought I had. And, uh, you know, I said, <laughs> for this one, I was like, no, you know what's going to happen. Like, you know the gist of the story, just outline it scene by scene, but no, no, chapter by chapter. But the good thing is, I have got it um, outlined now, and um, you know, and I'm I'm doing research. I've done research, so I've read a couple of books set in the 1950s fiction books. I read a non-fiction book. I've got this whopper of a book. It's like the size of my head. So um, I'm going to be reading that. And this again is a different way for me to do research because normally I like to speak to people, and I have been speaking to my mum and dad, obviously who were alive in London in the 50s. But it's difficult to speak to people, you know, who were alive in London in the 50s. So I'm having to do more reading research, which is not the way I normally do it. I did get a really good book, a, a, a pictorial history of London in, in the 50s, and that was really good uh, and very informative, so I can actually see what the streets looked like and what was there and the cars that were on the road and all that sort of thing. So I, I've written down a lot of notes from that. But this week I did do uh, a chapter where I really got under the skin of one of the characters. I, I absolutely loved writing that chapter. So, you know, like I did maybe two or three chapters since I've got the outline, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, and then I just completely rewrote one of the, I did chapter three, I came back to it and I'm like, no, there's not enough movement in it. You know, we were talking about this the other week, so I just completely changed it and nailed it. I'll probably hate it tomorrow when I read it back, when I? Well, it's, it's all part of the process, but <laughs> it is a shame you can't go to the old man pubs, and what I mean by that is the pubs where like they're just a bunch of old men at the bar drinking, because you could really probably get a lot of colourful comments about the 50s from them but this is not possible right now no but they would be so easy because they love to talk to people <laughs> yes this is all true <laughs> now you made me sad yeah and know. you know i can't even really go out and just walk around the center of town i mean i know the center of town pretty well but you know I, I, this scene i just wrote was them and coming out onto Tottenham court road of a night and you know the route master buses and the trams are going past and it would be nice to just go and sort of walk it and, and remember the roots because all the buildings are still there and the factory that they work on is around the corner. I could go and have a look at the building. But 
No, I can't. <laughs> you can go to Google Maps and do street view if you really want to. I've done that, yeah, but I'd like to, yeah. you know, walk the streets. Anyway, but that's but that's good. So it's it's going along. So that's uh, good stuff. Um, in other news, uh, I did say I was going to give my friend's cover design website a mention. So if you are looking for a pre-made cover or a made-to-measure cover, um, my friend Kevin Pruitt does fantastic covers. He did my whole London Romance series and all my All I Want series um, and a couple of my standalones. So he's at bookcoversonline.com and he's just done a whole range of lesbian romance and lesbian erotica covers. What, what exactly is made to measure? Custom ordered. Oh, okay. So I was like, because aren't like ebook covers usually the same size? I don't understand. No. <laughs> You used some kind of math term and it made my brain skin. No, he'll do a unique one just for you, but he's also got some pre-mades that he's just put up. So I said I'd give him a mention. And what else? You'll be very pleased about this one, TB. Oh, is Roscoe still alive? Roscoe's not only still alive, he's got oh. a new leaf. Oh my god, Roscoe, you're flourishing! Oh, I miss you! <laughs> Roscoe, for those who don't know, is a little plant that TB brought me last March when she was over. I'm not gonna lie, I, I kill most plants I've got, but, uh, and Roscoe's now got six leaves, uh, and three of them are looking a little bit worse for wear, but one of them is brand new and has just unfurled, so it's, I, I think Roscoe's gonna make a year. I'm gonna have a birthday huh. party for Roscoe. Is it, is it like extra pressure for you, knowing that I will be very sad if Roscoe dies? <laughs> no, but look, Roscoe's looking well. And that's about it, really. Um, other than that, um, since we last spoke, uh, I watched the Super Bowl, and, uh, well, I didn't, I, I tell a lie. I watched 10 minutes of the Super Bowl because I don't really understand it. Um, I was going to stay up, but I was just so tired. But my lovely friend, Diana, who's American, brought me over the onion dip and, and, some, and some nibbles to go with it. So I did sit up and have a beer and some onion dip and nibbles, and then I went to bed. What time does it start there? Midnight? Yeah, it starts at 11.30, so yeah. 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 I watched it on this end, and um, we had a very safe Super Bowl party. Um, I watched it with uh, my teddy bear. I got a photo of me and the teddy bear watching the Super Bowl because, um, sadly, we, we still can't have parties. I don't know why. <laughs> Is there something going on in the world where we can't have people over and have, like, a normal Super Bowl party? I can't remember anymore. Seems a bit much, doesn't it? Anyway, let's get on to comments. Comment monitor what you got. All right, first up, we have a comment from Jackie, who... Jackie is someone who has been listening to the podcast, and she's been... An idea for a story has been bumping around in Jackie's head for a, a while. And in April of 2020 which was, what, 10 lifetimes ago, mm -hmm. um, Jackie finally started a book. And so, and she got Scribner on a recommendation from one of our episodes. I think Jackie purchased Scribner before I did. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie has been working on it. Um, she did Nano and everything, and um, she's getting her book close to being becoming a finished product, and she had a ton of questions for us. I'll be some of them I will answer in email because like we just have to direct her to certain episodes that where we covered the topics. But one of her questions I thought we could discuss briefly is it what's the best step by step resource for a first time self publishing author? What what book would you recommend? So I would recommend um, Successful Self Publishing by Joanna Penn and that is P Pen with a double N, P E double N. Um, it is free on Amazon or any platform, I think. So, it's successful self publishing. It's a step by step guide. You had to go and spell her name because now I have to say mine, and I can never spell his name. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, my my guide along with Joanna Penn. Joanna Penn has many books on uh, indie publishing that I would recommend. But 
The book I would recommend is called Let's Get Digital by David Grogan. I don't know how to spell the last name, but I will drop the titles of both the pen and uh, uh, Grogan book in the show notes. But it, again, it's called Let's Get Digital. And then he has a sequel to that that's called Let's Get Visible. Yes, I've read that. It's David Gogren and it's G-A-U-G-H-R-A-N. Well, Claire's dipping back into her Irish heritage. It is. Right? <laughs> sure to be G's. I've nearly got my Irish passport, sure. That's a terrible if Irish accent. If you can spell that, I think you should get the fucking passport. <laughs> but yeah, so those are the two books. Um, obviously, they're not going to cover everything, but they would be good starting points for people who are just uh, dipping their toes in self-publishing. So, and Jackie, I will get back to your email with uh, episode... Uh, numbers for that. Also, we have a, a comment from Michelle, which is for you, Claire. Okay. This one's for you. Yeah. I feel like I should count the song, but no one wants that. <laughs> uh, Michelle has enjoyed reading Hot London Nights with uh, a Starbucks London coffee mug. Oh, very good. According to Michelle, it's an entertaining read and delivered you, you delivered a heartwarming story. So well done. Thanks. She called you a treasure. Michelle Aww. called you a treasure. Thank you, Michelle. A treasure. I'm a national treasure, nearly. Yeah, you know, me and Graham Norton and Sandy Toxvig. No, we're not. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, yes, I think I think I did see that. I think maybe she posted it on my to me or my socials. But yeah, cup of coffee and a good book. Yeah, absolutely. I love that she actually got into the mood with the London Starbucks mm. mug. I mean, yeah. that's like taking reading to the next extreme with this whole pandemic. Well done, Michelle. I applaud you. All right. And also, we have a bunch of comments because you posted on Twitter that we just celebrated. Or we just, well, did we celebrate it or did we just record it? We we kind of celebrated it. We kind of celebrated our 100th episode. <laughs> um, I forgot to bring the noisemakers. Sorry about that. But um, so we heard from Carol, Alicia, SR Silcox, Trotta, Cincy Girl, uh, Melissa Therese, Laura, and Laura all congratulated us on our 100th episode. So thank you very much for sticking with us. And here's to the next 100. That just kind of start my, stopped my heart a bit. All right. So what about you? Do you have comments on that side? Yes, I've got uh, some comments about our episode 100. Um, congratulations on Facebook came from Kate Hennessy, Joanna Gavez and Sophie Lennox. They all said they love the pod and Joanna is listening from the start. So good luck with that, Joanna. Wow. And I'm going to, I had a load of uh, Instagram uh, comments as well, but I'm going to save those for next time around. Uh, I've got one more comment from Maureen who says she just wants to thank us both for answering the question, her question in a recent podcast about do our books follow a formula? She found it very insightful and interesting. She has another question which I think uh, we could we could answer in a, another podcast. Um, she's just asking how we learnt to write. Did we do any creative courses? Did we study literature? All that sort of thing. How did we start the process? So I think that's a good topic, uh, but we will take that in another podcast, Maureen. So stay tuned. And she's got one other question for you, TB, and she's got a suggestion. She says, "What does TB stand for? Does everyone know this, or is it up for a guess?" TB could offer a great prize of a signed copy of one of your books. What do you think? Well, for the for the listeners who have been with us, with us from the beginning, it's actually a secret what TB stands for. There are only three individuals. I am one of them, Claire is the other person, and an unnamed person knows what TV stands for. So, it would be really hard to um, run this contest since I keep it a secret. <laughs> there you go, Maureen. Uh, yeah, she's not, I didn't think she was going to go for it. I, I asked, 
I asked on your behalf. Now we need to move on to the big debate of what is the what's the fucking difference between romance and erotica, and I think fucking has to do with it. Yes, what's the fucking difference? Well, fucking. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> no, when I was doing research, um, this is an interesting topic because I was finding answers all over the place, and um, I'm not sure readers, writers, or even publishers could give you a steadfast answer that would be the same across the board. Did you find that? I did a little bit, yes, and I think it's probably going to be the same as, you know, what's the difference between romance and a romantic comedy. Um, there is a lot of crossover, isn't there? Uh, so, but I, I narrowed it down to three three categories. Do you want me to tell you them? Wow, you were you were a bit more professional than I was. <laughs> I just said, fucking, let's go you on. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to point it out again. Um, I, I've got, there are three types of story that you need to, you know, because uh, the question is, which one should you write? Well, it just depends what you like to write. So there is romance, which is a love story with a H-E-A where sex plays a part. I'm talking not clean romance, so romance, like what we write. There's erotic romance, where a love story, usually with a happy ending, where sex plays a deep role in the character's journey towards love. And then there is erotica, where sex plays the central role, and there may or may not be a love story, and it also tends to go into more various areas of sex, and sex play, like BDSM, fetish, and anal. There you go, I thought I'd get the word anal in uh, early on the podcast, what do you think? I'm really surprised you didn't like start off with the intro, <laughs> welcome to the anal episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's another podcast. So what do you think of those three uh, sort of definitions? I was quite pleased with that. Yes, I um, I would have to agree, but it, I mean, it seems now readers, because like the romance genre has gone through certain phases throughout, you know, existence, obviously, you know, we have the Jane Austen era where there pretty much is no sex. But it would be funny to read a Jane Austen sex scene, I think. Would that mean I'd have to read Jane Austen, though? I would just love to know, like, the language and everything and, like, how you get all the freaking layers of clothes off. <laughs> that, that is what's always, you know, perplexed me about that era. It's very hard to cop a feel back then, I would imagine. <laughs> this is what you... When you're having a beer late at night and when you're, like, contemplating, I wonder how hard it was to... Get the groove on. Yeah. <laughs> there's just, do you know what? There's just a lot of buttons, right? A lot of buttons. And that would might kill the mood. So overall, I'm glad I'm born now. There you go. There you go. I preferably prefer really hot showers. So that's one of my things <laughs> I'm grateful for. Yeah. Less buttons and hot showers. But anyways, <laughs> so there has been this like, you know, trend in romance. And right now we're in a, we're in a part of the romance where readers do... They're not wanting Fade to Black. They want more of the sex scenes. So like Claire said, we both have sex scenes in our romance. But um, I have... It depends on my series, because my Girl Love Happens series would probably classify more as erotic romance because they're young. One of them is just figuring out her feelings. Um, she has feelings for women, and she's in a relationship, and she is young. Um, just She's going through this when she's a freshman in uh, college, so the sex obviously is a big role in this story because, how do I say this? Um, remember when you first figured out sex was a lot of fun? Because girl love happens. Yes. So yeah, it's one of those things where it is kind of a big part of the story, but there's also 
there also is a big love story with that, so it would be more erotic romance. But um, I, it's hard now to write a romance that sells really well that does not have sex scenes unless you really market it as a clean or sweet romance. Sometimes readers may get slightly disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I think whenever you do a poll on this on any sort of Facebook group, uh, a lot of readers will say that they don't mind the books not having a sex scene in. But it's not... Well, I mean, I can't say from my experience because all my books have sex scenes in them. So um, I, I've never written one without one. But I think that I would get pushback if I didn't write them. I, I just think I would. I know if I'm reading a book, I would be disappointed <laughs> if there wasn't a sex scene in my, in my lesbian romance. You just expect it, like most of the books have them, right? So, but on the flip side, I'm not really an erotica reader. Now, I, I did have a, I know you have, as you said, you wrote Girl Love Happens with, is an erotic romance. You've written erotica as well, haven't you? Have I? No, I'm sorry. I'm running through my titles in my head. I think Girl Love Happens is the most racy one. Okay. I thought I thought you had a, a erotica title or two in the, no, like, in the background. No, I'm like, do I? No. <laughs> No? I'm working on an. I was working on an erotica short story, but that got shelved. So okay. maybe that's something I've been working on for about okay a while. So maybe that's what it was. No, I thought you had one in your background. Anyway, but I, I, I thought about writing erotica for a little while, and I did have a brief flirtation with it, and I managed to write a short story. It's not my natural thing to write so I just stay in my lane you know some erotic books <laughs> do have a clear story in them and the best types I think for me probably would get me to read it would have a story in them uh, but they would just have more sex and the, the sex would be a, a, a bigger role so maybe erotic romance is more you know the road I would go down for reading and for, and for writing I don't know I, I know I've been asked before is there a number of sex scenes uh, that that tips a, a novel over from being a romance into erotic romance into erotica um, the, I wouldn't like to put an actual number on it uh, but I would say I've never included more than three sex scenes in a romance novel so three or four is is ballpark isn't it well I wouldn't put a number on it because it all depends what role the sex is playing is it bringing the characters because sex obviously especially between two people who are falling in love, which is what a romance story is, is a vital part of their relationship. And you kind of have to show it a bit to see how they're interacting in it. It does drive the romance story um, further down the down the road. So I, it's hard to say what number, because I, I do get asked this a lot by writers, and it depends on each story. Like, I've had some books where it has just one sex scene, and I have some books that have more than one. So... And I, I would still classify them as romance. So it's, it is hard. But I do I do want to push back a little bit on your comment where erotica is more about the sex. Because I don't... I, I'm not sure that's exactly true. Um, because there's still the story there. At least the erotica I've read. There's still the story. Um, it's, not just, it's not just because then I think you're just reading porn. Erotica is hard to write. Mm, super <laughs> hard. Sex scenes are hard to write. And... The fact that the really successful erotica authors, the fact that they're able to do it, it where it comes across so seamlessly, where they do have the story, where you do you are invested in the characters, and where the sex is really smoking hot, my kudos to them, man. That is that is not an easy easy task. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah, I do think that um, some erotica uh, does have story in it, but it doesn't necessarily 
always have to have the sex can be the starring role um and there could be there's always got to be a bit of a bit of a thread there but yes. a lot of it uh, uh, but some of it just won't have that bigger sort of story drive uh yeah, sex i still want to say sex is fun <laughs> <laughs> so which should you write well as i said it depends what you want to what what you like to read and what you want to write and if you're still not sure i'd say read the genre and see what stirs you so to speak um at one i'd say that there's a couple of um books that I've read that I did enjoy and they're sort of on the erotic romance um, scale and that is The Club by A.L. Brooks that was really good I don't know if you've um, read that that's definitely an erotic romance are you li- you're listing erotica in uh, lesbic? yes okay. yeah I haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey I did try I actually I have read that did mm. I tell you about the time when I tried to check out the book in um, Ireland no usually when I checked out books in Dublin um like, I would just take the book to the scanner and I would self-check them. But for some reason, when I checked out Fifty Shades of Grey, they made me go to the desk and it was like this, like... Usually, most of the librarians in that particular branch I went to, they were all young. But this particular day, naturally, it was an older woman with gray hair. And I just was, like, up in flames entirely. I was like, uh, I don't know why, but you have to check this out to me. So and I, at the time, I was in my 40s. It was a little embarrassing. <laughs> So what did you think of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? For what I was expecting, I mean, I knew the writing wasn't going to be stellar, but I thought that the story was enjoyable. Um, I mean, I went into it expecting not to be wowed, but, you know, it did its job. And I also was a fan of the Twilight series, which was, I think, Fifty Shades of Grey was a a fan fiction of Twilight, if I remember correctly. So it was interesting for me as an author to know that and to um, see how she did on that spectrum so I probably had different motives for reading it than what just a casual reader picked up Fifty Shades because it was on like the bestseller list forever I was reading it to kind of study it yeah I I, I wanted to read it because um, I'm not one of those people who will take the piss out of it because um, you take the piss out of it at your peril because millions and millions of people loved it and um, she made quite a lot of money from it so kudos to her and it was independently yeah. published so she was an independently published success story huge success story so well done to her uh, but I, a bit like you I just wanted to read it to see what the fuss was about but I found it just a bit boring like I, I was ready for the sex and I think I read about 100 pages and they still hadn't fucked and I'm just like for fuck's sake what kind of erotic romance is this <laughs> yeah because um, I was expecting it to be that was another thing I wanted to know because like it just did tear up the charts and um I get really tired of people who like to bash um, Fifty Shades of Grey or the Twilight series, and they're like, oh, if you read that, you're not a true like reader or author or whatever. Um, fuck that. These women wrote stories that resonated with millions of people, and um, I've read both series, and I give them kudos, but um, I was surprised when I read Fifty Shades of Grey when um, there wasn't sex like on page two. I know. That's what just, just what I was expecting, and I was like, oh. <laughs> There's a story here. There's a little too much story for my liking. (laughs) Yeah, when you when you listen to like the reviews and everyone's like, oh my god, it's so hot, and oh my god, I keep rereading these scenes, and I was expecting like, hold on, you know, put the pedal to the metal from page one, and no, it wasn't that way. So I was I was surprised by that, but it also was a bit reassuring to me as an author that you don't actually have to if you want to write a successful book have to just pack it with sex. No, no. 
Uh, you know, if I don't think anyone's done, has anyone done it like sort of re replicated Fifty Shades of Grey for a lesbian audience? I think people have tried. But, Cla um, Clarissa Grey? But, <laughs> but I don't think so. I mean, it's really hard to replicate something like that because like, you know, you have the Twilight series um, and then she, you know, tried to replicate it with Fifty Shades of Grey, but that was still an entirely different universe. Like, there are no vampires or werewolves. If you're reading Fifty Shades and expecting um, werewolves and vampires, you're going to be disappointed because mm -hmm. they're not there. Very disappointed. But um, it's one of those things where, as an author, I read those series to study them to see why they resonated with um, readers. And so that's why I was reading it. Well, at least that's why I explained to this very old librarian who was giving me a dirty look. <laughs> Whereas I just bought it for 99p from a charity shop because um, the charity shops are littered with Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, thanks for telling me that tip now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not sure, you're still not sure where to start, um, have a look at some anthologies. Um, there are plenty around uh, on Amazon or uh, other publishers or the lesbic publishers. I'm sure they've all got erotic anthologies and that's a good place to start if you're not sure where to start. And just have a look and see if it's something that you might like to write. Um, but don't be fooled that it's like, oh, I'll just dash off an erotic short story or an erotic novel because they're really hard to write. Uh, so, yeah, full respect to the people that do it. Yes, I had to um, write two sex scenes yesterday for a book I'm working on, and um, I, I got a lot of house cleaning done. <laughs> TV's face there was brilliant. <laughs> oh, God, I had to write two sex scenes. <laughs> I did some hoovering in the middle of it and did some dusting. I mean, when you're like, you know what really needs to get done right now? I need to go clean the cat litter box. <laughs> <laughs> so when cat litter creeps into TV's next erotic novel, you know where it came from, everyone. Oh, <laughs> oh you just took it one step too far. <laughs> so, yeah, um, do you have a think? Um, have you got anything else to say, TV? I would, I would caution um, authors when they're promoting their book, make sure you promote um, the heat level of a book, especially if you are writing romance or erotic romance. If, if you're writing a sweet romance, there's nothing wrong with writing a sweet romance. Like Claire said, there are plenty of people who want to read a sweet romance, but make sure when you're um, writing a sweet romance, like if you're writing in the blurb, smoking hot, <laughs> um, and then there's no smoking hot scenes, you might get some bad reviews. So just make sure you market your book accordingly. But in my heart, of heart I just think you should write the um, book you want to write I think that is what's gonna make it better so if don't try to like game the system like oh gosh erotic romance right now is really selling big on the lesbian charts or whatever write the story you want to write because that's gonna show through but also I do remember that sex sells remember about the cover as well uh, people should always know it's erotica yes. um, so don't have two girls hugging each other on a cover if all they're gonna do is fuck inside the pages um, there should be no hesitation. There should be like shadow and skins. Skins? Skin. Bare skin. <laughs> Not skins. Bare skin on show. Bras. Lace. Suggestion. Make sure that your cover says erotica if you're going to write erotica. Um, yeah, a bit like TB said, get the heat level right, get the cover right, and make sure your reader knows what they're expecting. But then also deliver on your promise. And that goes for any book you're going to write. Oh man, delivering the promise, that's like the hardest part of an um, author. I mean, it's the most important part, <laughs> which makes it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why uh, writing continues to be a conundrum for many, many, many of us every day. All right, well, let us know um, what you prefer, erotica or romance, or do you like a mix of both? In 
in when you read or when you write do comment let us know we'd love to hear from you go on the website at www.lesbianswhowrite.com email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com facebook us twitter us instagram me and join us next week when we're going to be talking about handling emotions in fiction oh gosh emotions those are those are squishy squishy emotions <laughs> very squishy join us next week uh, for squishy talk in the meantime take care stay safe keep writing bye everybody thanks for listening to lesbians who write listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction and you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Bye.